You're listening to a sermon on the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Hang around after the message for more information about Mission Ridge Church. Sermon notes for this message or any of our other messages can be found through our website, missionridge.church. Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining us today. Wow. Well, uh, Christmas is almost here. I don't know if... uh, if you've all done your shopping or not, I, I talked to someone this week and they're like, yeah, I haven't even started. Is anybody a, a, a late starter like that? Okay. Uh, we'll pray for Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Christmas is such a, such a fun time for me. I, especially like I just growing up, I love getting presents. I love new. I don't know about you guys, but I love new and uh i love i love that uh that promise in revelation 21 5 that says behold i am making all things new that is such a great promise because as the longer i live on this earth there's more things that i need to be made new <laughs> can i get an amen there i i heard a great sermon on this a number of years ago uh what we have to understand is in the Greek, uh, we know that that making new is an ongoing action. It never ends. It's not a one and done. And so every day, God is making all things new. Every day of every moment, God is making all things new. And so I'd come up to Scott and go, Scott, how's JTV? He goes, you know what? Yesterday, it was pretty amazing. But today, it's brand new. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd go to my wife and go, honey, did you get a new haircut? And she's like, yes, absolutely. Brand new haircut. Dave, are those new shoes? Yeah, new shoes. Ah, those look amazing. I bet you're so much faster in those shoes than the ones from yesterday. You know, and every day, like, it's just all things will be like in a world that is always decaying, always breaking down, always needs our attention. Uh, Logan's toilet needs serious <laughs> attention. We, I don't know how many times Bob and I used that thing yesterday and we were trying to figure out how to get the flush correctly. Uh, Jim Bartlett, she had tools out the night before and bought parts and pieces and that needs new. That toilet still needs new. He, what he needs is a new toilet, not just new plunger and all the whatever goes on inside that thing to make it flush. He needs a brand new toilet. And apparently Logan's group says a bigger toilet, a full size, a man sized toilet, but he needs new. There's so many things that in my house that needs new. There's so many things, my, even my own heart, like I, I, I need new I need, we need, it's a, what an amazing promise. And, and each Advent, we come back to remember the first Advent of Christ, but also that second Advent of Christ where Christ will come back and put things back together as they were supposed to be. My grandmother, before she passed, she loved the Lord. She told me she was looking forward to a couple things. When she got to heaven, she was in her 80s when she told me this. Uh, her, her eyesight wasn't very good. She, 
she would use this machine to read her Bible that she would run her Bible that had like a, a, a 10 font to it and, and the, make the letters, you know, like three inches tall. That's how she could read her Bible. She loved that machine because she loved her Bible. And she told me, she goes, I can't wait to dance. I can't wait to dance in heaven. I can't wait to run and skip again. I don't know how many years it had been since she had ran and skipped, but I never saw her run or skip. <laughs> she was excited for that. I behold, I make all things new. I'm longing for the day when Christ returns and every little piece is new again. Every little piece inside of me, every bro- I won't need these glasses. I won't need shirts that stretch. I won't need Humira to help me deal with my arthritic condition. I won't have to slow down my crazy uh, immune system that wants to overreact because it'll work correctly. It'll be right. He's making all things new. And, and this story, I mean, we love new babies. We love new adventures and we love new love, right? Aren't those things great? And this story has them all. So let's jump into our Christmas story. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. Here's reality. Not all things new on this earth work. And not all new things are easy. Right? Had a, had a kid that, that works with me at the Hope Rescue Mission. Uh, he got a brand new Mac Pro. <laughs> Out of the box, doesn't power up. Sometimes new breaks in this world, right? Not, not, new isn't always better in this world. And new is not always easy. But when he had considered this, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Another great promise. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. My favorite name for God, God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. Now, every year we come back to this story, this great story, this redemptive story, this the story of God coming into our world, into our lives. But like all great stories, this one comes with its own Drama and it's, and it's so easy to read through this story and just pass right over, right? But what was that like for Joseph to find out that this gal that's betrothed to him, 
promise to him is pregnant. And made him wrestle. And what was that like for Mary to know that, that this man that is promised to her now is questioning her actions? Like, this is not easy. And sometimes when we, when we birth new things, it's not easy. And this is kind of a precarious way to bring a savior into the world anyway. For, you got to understand, this is not the first time that Jesus shows up on the human scene. Every time we see uh, God in the flesh in the Old Testament, it's called a Christophany. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. Abraham at his tent. Jesus shows up. Hagar in the wilderness. Angel of the Lord, God in the flesh. It's Jesus. Uh, the man that wrestled with Jacob. It's Jesus. And Balaam and Gideon. There's at least 10 stories in the Old Testament where God shows up in the flesh. And in one, in one hand it says, angel of the Lord. And in the next hand it says, the Lord said. And so like, God could have chosen a way for Jesus to come into this world any way he wanted to. And yet he chose to use a birth of a son of a virgin as the way to send Christ into the world. That's kind of crazy. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but the infant mortality rate in ancient Israel was 25% within the first year. 50% by the time they reach puberty. Like we've, we've made some advancements over the years. 50%. Can you imagine? Like, like I remember walking in and watching the, the chests of my children rise and fall. Parents, do you remember this? You watched the chest rise and fall because of SIDS. You just you did had no idea if SIDS was gonna was gonna claim your child. And so you walk in the room and you watch your infant just breathe because you weren't sure. They were just a little too quiet. Do you remember how hard that was to just wait for see that change in elevation of that chest? Like that was painful sometimes. Like, okay, they're all right. And then you try to leave stealth. <laughs> Gotta get out of here without waking them. <laughs> Didn't want to wake you, kid. Just want to know you're okay. You know, when we, when we birth new things and, you know, it's so precarious. Whether you're birthing a... a, a a new child, a, a new business, you know, 50% of all businesses fail within ten, five years. And I think it's nearly 80, 90% within 10 years. New relationships, not all new relationships work like the ones from our past, right? We get into this relationship, we're like, man, this could be amazing. And it's not. 
It's hard. It's awkward. It fizzles. Like birthing new things. Even, uh, even Jim Bartlett, she was thinking along the same line. She posted this in our uh, sermon club channel. As anyone who has never birthed a child, I think I had to figure out how to apply this whole thing to other aspects of what birthing could look like. The thing that came to mind was birthing of ministry. The agony and hope that seems to always be intertwined. Sometimes I think we are in the midst of birthing pains. The hard, exhausting labor is going to produce a bundle of joy that will change the world or at least our community. They are birthing new things in this world. Like that's why we long for heaven because there, when we birth new things, it will still be new. The next day, it'll be even newer. And the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that, it will always be new. But here, sometimes things fail long before they should. Sometimes our marriages fail. I had one of those. I've seen plenty of friends venture out with the business. I've seen some people start new ministries and and it just didn't go as planned. So birthing new things comes with risk, but so does birthing and so does loving. Loving comes with risks. If we're going to love people, that's risky. And yet that's what God chose to do with us. I think about the, the famous passage in John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. God choose, chooses to risk loving us. And I'll tell you just in my own experience, him choosing to love me has come with some risks because I have not always been a great friend of Jesus. I haven't always lived up to my part of the relationship. I haven't always been there when I said I would be there. I haven't always followed through. I haven't always been kind towards my savior. But I want to look at this passage and I actually want to zoom out just a little bit. I want to I want to look at the larger conversation in John chapter 3. And it says this, As Moses uh, lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. In other words, he must be crucified. So that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Now, when I read this this week, I started, and when I'm preparing for my sermons, I'll go over a passage over and over and over again. And I was reading this and going, oh man, I've never seen this before, but there's a pattern built into this. Guess what we call this pattern, folks? 
Yeah, chiasm, right? Let's look at the next slide. And so the chiasm starts with why, why Jesus? Uh, well, <clears throat> he's going to be crucified. Uh, and it ends with why Jesus, he came to save, not to judge. <clears throat> Let's go to the next slide. And so the next element of the chiasm is if you believe you have eternal life. And oh, by the way, if you believe you'll have eternal life. Isn't that cool? Uh, and, and oftentimes when I hear people quote John 3.16, they focus in on this element of believing. If you'd only believe, you'd be saved. And, that, and that's not wrong. But you know what? That's not the center of the chiasm. And I find that really fascinating because I think I've missed this. So let's go to the next level. Why is all this true? Because God loved the world. Because God loves you. That's why Jesus came. That's why God sent Jesus. That's why he came into the world. That's why this is important. God loves you. And just like in Revelation, where he will forevermore be making all things new. I don't like this translation. Because forevermore, God loves the world. God loves the world. He loves the world today, the same he did yesterday, and he'll love it the same tomorrow. He'll never love the world less. And his son will never be unimportant because his son is how we know that God loves us. God loves you. He loves the world. But I want to quote the great theologian, Tina Turner. Uh, What's love got to do with it? Do we have a picture? (laughs) You should probably tell me these things. (laughs) I wanted a Tina Turner picture up here. I just thought that'd be great for Christmas. I love her music. What's love got to do with it? Like, God loves me. So what? Right? What's love got to do with it? I, uh, I was praying about this a lot. I'm going, Lord, what do I tell him? What, what do I say? I said, I, I kind of want a love story, Lord. And, uh, and I go to coffee on Friday, uh, meet a guy named Travis. And he tells me this story, this story about uh, his Legoland He's got a, he had at one point a ginormous Legoland. Uh, I'll show you a picture. I know we got that one. Uh, that's his Legoland. 100,000 pieces in his Legoland. That's some serious commitment to Legoland, I'll, I'll tell you that. Uh, and so he's telling me the story because he says, you know, on, on 4th of July one year, I said, I am done drinking. Problem was he was snockered. <laughs> and so who knows what's going to happen when you say, I'm done drinking and you're, you're snockered, right? And, uh, and the story is about him overcoming his alcoholism. And so the next day he wakes up and he's like, how am I going to quit? 
and he's working on his Legoland. He's and he's in there, and uh, there's a little, there's a clown face in here somewhere. I can't like uh, there, just below the clown face. Should have zoomed that in just so you could see the clown face. That's fun. But he was installing this Cheers-like uh, bar into his Lego land and his Lego universe, I think is what he called it. And he was using a Lego knife. That's, that's when you know a guy's serious about Legos. He's got a Lego knife. I've never heard of one of these before. And, and he's got one piece that he's got to uh, excavate out so he, so he could fit in this bar scene and this last piece pops up and hits him in the head and he picks it up and it says, God loves you. And I don't know if that has the same impact on you that it had on him, but you know what? That was enough for him to go, all right, I'll take the first step towards sobriety. I'll take the first step towards overcoming my alcoholism because I have someone in my corner. I got the someone in my corner. Out of a hundred thousand pieces in this room, there was one piece that had a message that could change this man's life to, to give him the courage to move forward, to face his alcoholism and it was a reminder that God loves you. Billy Graham, another great theologian, said this, God's love is unchangeable. He knows exactly what we are and loves us anyway. And remember, he loved you yesterday, regardless of what you did. He loves you today, regardless of what's happened in the last 24 hours and regardless of what takes place from here until this time tomorrow, he will love you because that is who he is. He is unchanging that way. I could be capricious. Your best friend could be capricious. Your spouse could be capricious. Your mom and your dad, their love can ebb and flow at times. But God's love will never be different towards you. Are you living with that reality? Apostle Paul says, I pray for you to understand the love of Christ. It's, it's height, it's length, it's breadth, and it's depth. He wants you to understand the love of Christ. It's height, it's, it's length, it's breath and this death. And as I've read this over the years, I go, that's not three dimensional. <laughs> Make me scratch my head, Lord. <laughs> what are you trying to say? That's four, four dimensions. What do you mean by that? And, and this is one of the ways that I think about that. Uh, look, look at this next picture. This gold bar. It's, let's say this thing is three inches wide, two inches tall, and two inches deep, right? And weighs 
two pounds. And when I hand it to you, you're like, oh, <laughs> oh, that's, that's got some weight to it. But it's depth is really in the fact that it is worth roughly $50,000. Barbie was asking for $10,000. Like if I handed out these bars to you, you could either go, whatever, throw it in the drawer. It fits in the drawer. It's three inches by two inches by two inches or something like that, right? It fits. Like you could, you could toss this thing to the side and not get the depth, not get the value of it. Paul, so Paul says, I'm praying for you that through the Holy Spirit, you will understand what is really honestly incomprehensible. And that's the love of God for you. Tell me that you don't wrestle with that. Tell me you don't wrestle with understanding how much God loves you. Because I wrestle with it and I get paid to be here. It hasn't been 24 hours since I asked God, are you going to show up? (laughs) You know, his reply to me yesterday was, I love you. I'm like, okay, that's enough. In a world where everything decays, to know that God's love will never diminish. It'll never be less valuable. It'll no, even gold a month ago was worth about $10,000 more for the same gold bar. It dropped about 10K. I'm like, ooh, that's painful. If you're holding on to gold bars, of course, I don't have any gold bars at all. I, I would live with a little bit of pain of losing 10K in a, in a month. <laughs> if you just, if anybody wants to give me a gold bar to you, let me know. I'm available. <laughs> I will receive that gift. And then Paul goes on to say this. Now to him, God, who's able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, the Holy Spirit, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. God wants to do for you far more than you think or could ask or you could even imagine. His love for you is unchanging. God loves you, whether you believe it or not. Whether you can understand it or not. Whether it makes sense to you or not. God loves you. And the question is, will you receive the gift of God's son? Will you receive the gift of of who he is? Will you allow him into your life to change you forever? Will you go on that first, we take that first step of just saying, God, I'll go with you. I don't understand it. I can't comprehend it. You're way bigger than me. 
I'm okay with that, but I accept your gift. Some of us have been giving God a cold shoulder. We've been acting like God is capricious with us like other relationships in this broken world are. And we've just, we've been giving him the cold shoulder. And then some of us, I think, are just, we really are just so grateful for that love. We're just bursting with, with hope, with peace, peace, with joy, with love. And I'll say this, wherever you are at this morning, God loves you and he wants to journey with you. He loves you and he wants to journey with you and he wants to birth new things. We as a church, we, we pray and I prayed again as I drove by it, but we're praying for the hub. We're saying, God, will you plant a church right here so that this neighborhood will come to know who you are so that we can serve this neighborhood. Some of us want to birth new ministries. I know, Scott, you want to you wanna make an impact on those coming out of the prison system. It comes with risks. It'll be challenging. It could fail, but you get, get to experience God in the process. Uh, some of us need to bird new relationships. And it's going to come with inherent risks because we live in a broken world and people will fail us. Both God's help we could journey through that. Thanks for listening to the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share if you enjoyed this message. We are a church focused on relational discipleship and located in Missoula, Montana. For more information about Mission Ridge, visit our website, missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas.